Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there and welcome back to my podcast for learners of English. I hope you're doing well today. Now, you might have noticed that there's been a bit of a delay since I published the last episode. It's been about two weeks, although I have published a couple of premium episodes in that period. So the premium listeners have had something to listen to, but there's been a bit of a delay with the free episodes. You might also notice that no transcript is available for this episode, including no text video on YouTube, although automatic subtitles might still be available. So if you're uh, listening to this on YouTube, you might want to check to see if the automatic subtitles are there. But uh, so no transcript, no text video. The reason for this is that I've been working with some new software that allows me to edit both the audio and transcription at the same time, which is much more efficient than editing the audio first and then working on the transcript afterwards. So this is the software that I've been using to make the recent text videos and transcripts. In theory, this new software is brilliant and should revolutionise the way I work on my episodes, allowing me to produce the transcripts, text videos and audio all at the same time, which saves loads of time and effort. Now, this is brilliant in theory, but in practice, things are a bit different. And the reason why this episode has been delayed is because for two weeks, the software has not been helping me. I won't bore you with all the technical details, but I will say that I've been pulling my hair out in frustration, banging my head on the table, sometimes literally, and generally raising a fist to the sky while attempting to persuade this software to do what it's supposed to do. Eventually, I just gave up on it because it was taking far too long and it was stressing me out too much. So apologies for the lack of text, video and transcript this time. I'll try again with the next episode. I always want to provide you with full and accurate transcriptions. I think they're a great addition to the podcast. But let's say that the transcripts and text videos are a work in progress. They might not be available every time for every episode, but I am working on a cost-effective and time-efficient way to produce them for you. It's a work in progress. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, try turning on the automatic subtitles. They're usually quite accurate, although they struggle a little bit when I'm with a guest, like I am in this episode. Also, there are lots of vocabulary notes and also transcriptions for the intro and ending parts of this episode on my website. So have a look at that. Just check the episode archive for number 705. That's on teacherluke.co.uk, my website. Alternatively, you can just forget about transcripts and reading and just focus on your listening skills. It's a good idea to practice listening to the spoken word without relying on the written word too much, even when it's a challenge. Okay, all right. So now that I've said that, let's kick off this episode properly. And here is the jingle. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
Hello, listeners. How are you doing today? In this episode, Kate Billington is back on the podcast. You might remember her from episode 689, which was called something like Comedy, Speaking Chinese and Baking Cakes, aka The Icing on the Cake with Kate Billington. The title was something along those lines. Um, Just to give you a reminder, I know Kate because we work together teaching English at the British Council. She's also a stand-up comedian like me. She's from England. She's fluent in French and Chinese. She is a professionally qualified baker who loves making cakes and pastries, which is great for those of us who like eating cakes and pastries because she often brings some when she visits, and this time was no exception. She brought cake with her again, which was very generous. Thanks, Kate, for the cake, because she might be listening. So if you are listening, Kate, thanks again. It was delicious. Now, there's no specific topic for this episode. Instead, the plan was just to be natural and see where the conversation went, and it did go in various directions. Like last time, we spoke pretty quickly with little jokes and things, so please be ready for an advanced level episode today. The first 15 minutes in particular might be a bit confusing as we move from topic to topic, but I will help you with that in a moment. After the first 15 minutes, we do settle down and focus on certain specific things, including some comments from listeners, some details about Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year, as it's also known, which leads us to talk about some English traditions, especially ones that happen around this time of year, and also some funny activities that you might see at a school sports day in England, and more quirky features of English life. There are also plenty of other bits and pieces as we move through the episode. I'll let you discover it all as you listen. Now, I really want to help you follow this conversation, especially the first 15 minutes. So here are some phrases that you'll hear and also some questions to help you prepare yourself. So think about these questions and phrases. And then as you listen, you can see how they relate to the things we say. And this can make a big difference to your ability to pick up English from this conversation. So forgive me for not jumping straight into our chat right away. I'll be as concise as possible, so this will take just a couple of minutes. So first of all, questions and some vocabulary for the first 15 minutes of the conversation. I'll give full answers to these questions at the end of the conversation. But in any case, see if you can sort of find the answers or at least spot the the moments when we talk about these things. So the first word is the word tinnitus. Tinnitus. So what is tinnitus? Well, I'll give you a basic explanation. Now, tinnitus is something that can affect your hearing. And I think that um, it's like a hearing problem that can be caused by being exposed to lots of loud noise. And tinnitus um, is basically, it's like a ringing in your ears, a kind of ee kind of high-pitched ringing in your ears that you might get if you've been exposed to lots of loud noise. That's called tinnitus. It's a condition that lots of people live with. Um, So my question is, why do I think I might have tinnitus? Uh, Yep, sometimes I wonder if I have tinnitus. And I was wondering if it was making me shout while I was talking to Kate before we started recording. But do I have tinnitus or was I shouting for another reason? The next word is the word maelstrom, maelstrom, M-A-E-L-S-T-R-O-M, maelstrom. And remember, these words are written on the page for this episode on the website. So maelstrom, my brain feels a bit like a maelstrom sometimes. 
But what is a maelstrom? Listen out for the answer to that question. Next is the word violent. Now, we know the word violent, like a violent film or a violent attack. But can the word violent refer to non-physical things in English? For example, the way that you speak to someone. And I tell a little anecdote about a student who I once encountered when I worked at university in Paris. What did the student want? What did I do? And how did he use the word violent? And he was speaking French, by the way, because they have the word violent in French too, but it's maybe used in a slightly different way. Okay, next is the topic of friendship and getting older. And I know this all sounds very random, but these things are connected in the conversation. So friendship and getting older. Think about making friends. Is it harder to make friends as you get older? And why would this be the case? Next, the topic of cake and eating cake. So what kind of cake did Kate bring this time? And what's the recipe for that cake? And by recipe, of course, I mean the ingredients and the way to make it. Then the next word is the word grooming or to groom someone, G-R-O-O-M, to groom someone. So what are, the, what are some of the different meanings of the word grooming? And why can the word grooming be a dodgy word, sort of like a negative thing? And why did I use it? Maybe Kate somehow implanted the word in my head, like the hypnotist Darren Brown. And that leads us to, well, Darren Brown, who is a hypnotist, an English hypnotist. I've talked about him before on this podcast. How does Darren Brown implant words and images into people's heads as part of his magic shows? Okay, so that's it for the questions. As I said, I will clarify those things and answer the questions at the end of this conversation. Uh, But now let's jump into this conversation with Kate Billington. Right then, so if you're ready, let's get started. And here we go right now. So I was saying that I used to be in a band. Right. um, And this is just one example of maybe why I shout, because I think maybe I've got tinnitus or something. I thought tinnitus was when you hear ringing in your ears. It is, but... you get ringing what? in your... That was snow. Was that or, snow falling I, off the roof? Ice and snow falling off the roof. Oh, how exciting. Tinnitus is ringing in your ears, but if you get it a lot, it can just become normal and you don't even ah, realise. Ah, so you don't hear the ringing anymore. And so you're shouting above the, the ringing. You weren't shouting earlier when you didn't have headphones on. Oh, okay. On. All right, so I'm so, just going to shout at you now with the headphones I'm feeling on. the urge to shout back, but I don't think that's the way to deal with I it. I think I can probably take them off as long as I can be sure that this is not distorting. No, that's fair enough. You need them on for tech reasons. I yes. get that. Yes, okay, but I'm, I'm sorry if I do shout in your general direction. That's all right. Uh, while we do this. I forgive you. So, we tried playing a click track in my headphones during live shows, but I couldn't hear the click. Ooh. Then we tried putting the backing track into my headphones, but I couldn't do that either because the rest of the band was louder and my drums were louder okay. than what was in the headphones and we couldn't crank it up too high. So what we ended up doing is we got a monitor speaker, a bit like the one here. Yeah. And we sat it on a table next to my drums during the show and there was a speaker just blasting the backing track oh, right God. into my into my ears and literally during the gig I'd be playing and all I could hear was white noise it's like this and I'm having to drum to that um why did you not continue 
my I, only a year of that it sounds so lovely <laughs> yeah i couldn't uh, couldn't carry on with that um, uh, it's a long story but uh, there it is so maybe i was wondering if i was shouting earlier on when i was talking to you when we were just talking without yeah, headphones no yeah. you were i think you were talking at a normal volume okay good do you often get told that you're shouting no though? no i just sometimes wonder interesting <laughs> not all the time i've never won no i've never wondered oh do i shout but i have wondered if i've got tinnitus okay i see and i and i i thought to myself earlier i thought oh, was i shouting never mind it's complicated my, my brain is a bit of a maelstrom sometimes indeed but whose isn't uh, well or a female strom Hey. <laughs> that was a terrible pun. Yeah. We're now going to explain the word maelstrom. Go ahead. Oh no. A maelstrom is like a a whirlwind of information. No. A ma- that- I don't think it's just information. I think okay. a, a maelstrom is a sort of storm okay. uh, where everything's moving around. Like a whirlwind. But a whirlwind at least has some order to it. <laughs> okay. A whirlwind yeah, goes round and round and round, yeah. but a maelstrom, it's going this way, that way. It's like chaotic. Okay. Um, shall I ask Colin? Go on then. Colinsdictionary.com. I think it's Swedish originally. Is it? I reckon it is just because of the presence of strom. Maelstrom. I don't know how they would pronounce it. Oh, I think that was a good bash at it. Colinsdictionary.com says... If you describe a situation as a maelstrom, you mean it's very confused or violent. I I feel like sometimes the the speed of thoughts in my head is violent. I can't keep track of what I'm supposed to be doing. But violence in the sense that, like, if, when we like say a violent storm, yes. But when we say violence in English, it normally refers to the physical. Yeah, it normally means yeah, like like aggression. Yeah, physical aggression. I think it's normally physical, isn't it? In English, in in French, it, yeah. violent can be. Um, non-physical as well mm. right? like i'll give you an example i used to work at the university and once a student came to my class in the middle of the semester and he just expected to be allowed into my class and i didn't want him in because no, i already had fair. a really full class so i had to talk to him quite you know i had to be quite clear and i was like no you're not coming into my class because this is a high level class it's, which was true mm-hmm. and he refused to speak english to me as well in, oh. the, in the corridor it's like no because you have not proved to me that you can speak english at all no and this is a high level class so i'm afraid you're going to have to go into uh, this class here instead and he was really adamant that he needed to be in my class or he didn't even explain yes. it. it was very rude and um, I think he just wanted to be with his friends or something. Yeah. Or his friends had said, you, you, want to, you want to be in Mr. Thompson's class? He's really lenient, maybe. <laughs> He's like totally soft, a totally soft touch. Yeah. Anyway, so I was like, no, I was very firm. And I was like, no, you, you can't come into this class. Uh, and he was just sort of staring at me and just repeating the same things. And I was like, no, I've already re- said what I've got to say. And he said, why are you being so violent? Ah, in French. In French. And I was like, I'm not being violent. That's not what they I say. can be violent if you want. <laughs> maybe then you would have got the message. Yeah, but then I would have lost would have my I would have lost my job. Quite rightly. And maybe been arrested. Yeah, also quite rightly. Yes. Hitting students is not advisable. No. That's lesson one in your in your CELTA. <laughs> I remember learning that, yeah. I wrote that down. We're joking, listeners, that's not lesson one. Although it is definitely part of the advice, don't hit your students. Uh, yeah, but in fact, no. no one's ever said that, but I think it's completely implied, right? Yeah. Um, 
Where were we, Kate? We started off, I don't know if this bit was recorded, we started off talking about how it's hard to make friends. We were talking about, that's right. We were... And now that I've heard how violent you are, I'm not surprised <laughs> you find it hard to make friends. So we were talking about how it's hard to make friends as you get older, and then we ended yes. up on a tangent about, do you feel old? What is old? What is, what is old? old? Anyway, but the point I wanted to make was that um, I do think it can be harder to make friends as you get older, because for some reason, we just become a bit more closed-minded or closed off. Yeah. Not, not that that's a good thing. It just seems to happen naturally. And Steve Martin had a really great little bit of stand-up about that, which mm-hmm. was basically you get to a certain age and someone says, hey, let's try this new thing. And then you go, sorry, we're closed. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so it can feel a little bit like that as you get older, you kind of close yourself off a bit, which is a yeah. pity. I think that's true. But I also think that when you first start making friends, it's just about the amount of time that you spend with someone. So at school, you just inevitably spend a lot of time with the same people. Mm-hmm. So that's why you become friends. And then as an adult, obviously at work, you're often with the same people, but you've got your work self and your outside work self when you're probably less serious or whatever. So... I think it's just a question of time as well and mm. exposure to opportunities to make friends. Yes. Yes, I think so. And, you know, all those extra responsibilities that you have as an adult, which just yeah. take up so much of your mental space and, you know, it's just harder to get out and mix and socialise with people. It is, especially at the moment. <laughs> yeah. It's strongly discouraged, actually. Oh, yeah, there's a virus. Yeah, isn't there? there is that. Yeah. Uh, Kate Billington, welcome back onto my podcasts. Thank you, Luke. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast for a second time. It's a pleasure. <laughs> and thank you for bringing cake. You're welcome. You did tell me I was only allowed on your podcast if I brought cake. You know, I was joking, don't you? <laughs> I do not know that you I was joking. joking, of course. I mean, I thought that I thought that was established the first time of we course, spoke, of course. which was that I'm sure that people would, would be happy to see you and, and invite you around, even if you didn't bring cake. You did say that. But the fact you brought cake was the icing on the cake. Yes, we've mentioned that yes. in our last one. And then you said it may be the icing on the cake. Indeed. Have you ever had icing on you? By accident, many times. Mm-hmm. Probably yesterday by accident, maybe even this morning. Okay. Yeah. Does it wash out okay? Yeah, it's all right. Okay, Yeah. good. Uh, Kate, you did bring cake. I did. Um, and it's delicious. You brought cupcakes. I did. I've got one in front of me now mm-hmm. and it's tantalizing. It's it's very tempting. I should bite into it. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to bite into it now, but I want you to just tell me tell us okay. about the cake. Can you tell us what it is, what it's made of, how you made it, everything you've got a few minutes while I eat I've got this. a few minutes while you eat it. Yep, All right, go. excellent. Are we making a video of you eating it cuz I think that would be quite entertaining. You don't want to see me. No, eating. nobody actually wants, no one to, wants see that. to see that. I'm going to close my eyes. Um I made red velvet cupcakes um, for for you and for me to eat as well. And red velvet is a very popular flavour. I think it's originally American and it's chocolate and vanilla. And then it's red because it's got red food dye in it. And everyone's a bit obsessed with red velvet and they're always, lots of people love red velvet. But I think people think it's red for some kind of flavour reason. It's not. It's just It's just a chocolate and vanilla cupcake with red dye in. And I made it by mixing butter and sugar and creaming them together very fast until they're light and fluffy and then adding the dry ingredients. So that's flour, cocoa powder, baking powder and bicarbonate of soda and eggs and alternating between them. So you continue to like beat in the air. And then I added buttermilk, which is 
you can just make your own buttermilk. It's just milk with a bit of lemon in, so it's sort of gone off. It's what, nice. I don't know. You don't know why it's called buttermilk? They no. They oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Luke's talking to me, but he hasn't got a microphone in front of his face because he's got a cupcake in front of his face instead. I don't know why it's called buttermilk. I think maybe it's because when you make butter, you have to beat milk really fast until it solidifies. And buttermilk might be halfway along that process. But it's quite hard to find in France, so you can just make your own. And there's also some vinegar in the cake. Apple cider vinegar, surprisingly enough. Mm. Yeah. And then you mix them all together. And then I made three large cakes, uh, which I'm going to take to work tomorrow. And a little batch of cupcakes as well at the same time. Temperature, time. Luke's really making me talk for a long time here because he's still got cake in his mouth. So I put them in the oven for... I put the big cakes in the oven for about... 40 minutes I think and the cupcakes were about 20 minutes at about 170 degrees if you have a fan oven but it depends on your oven all ovens are a little bit different hence the challenge of transferring recipes from one kitchen to another how was that for time filling perfect because <laughs> I've now consumed the cake he's inhaled the cake it was impressive um, yeah, I'm glad we didn't video that. Ah, it will always be a regret of mine. When I was a little kid, my best friend, who was called Robert, when I was like literally like six or seven years old, mm-hmm. he used to invite me over to his house mm-hmm. and we'd have like tea together. Yeah. And listeners, tea means food. Yeah. It's like an early, early dinner sort of thing. Yeah. And he, he, he uh, hated watching me eat and he used <laughs> to stack up uh, boxes of cereal between me and him when we ate because he couldn't stand watching me eat why were you so bad at eating i don't know what i was doing i mean you know i think i'd mastered it by that point but um probably i don't know i think he just didn't like to see me putting the food in my mouth chewing it i don't know what was he like that with other people eating maybe i don't know if he was picky or if i was um disgusting disgusting i'm not sure or maybe a combination of the two i've no idea but are you still friends um no i'm not in touch with him anymore well kind of facebook but uh no i never see him anymore maybe you should ask him (laughs) if he remembers that that's a bit of a weird question to broach absolutely after many years of not being in touch if i just suddenly hey robert why did you not like watching me eat (laughs) you might want to give more context you might want to tell the little backstory about going to his house for tea yeah I think. I feel like I would need to groom him a bit more. I'm not sure groom's the word you want. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Do you want to explain grooming? Oh, shit. (laughs) Why did I say that? Okay, I'll do it. So grooming is a bad thing. It's negative, okay, listeners? And grooming would be like, for example, when one person (sighs) prepares another person so that they can then do something bad to that person. Um, hmm, that was very unspecific. Yeah. Should I get more specific than that? I think, can I have a go? Go ahead. So actually grooming has a few meanings, one of which is totally fine, which is about brushing your hair. Or a dog. Or a dog. You can groom a dog. You can groom a dog's hair. Like, like preparing a dog to make yeah. it look nice. Okay. And that's, I would say, the original meaning of groom, probably. And like when you read old stories, you might read about like a groom working in a stable that's somebody who prepares the horses and keeps the horses clean and all that sort of thing so it's also a job title it's also Um, a man who gets married 
so that that's the original meaning of the verb and then the second meaning yeah is is when you want to take advantage of somebody and so you i would say pretend to be their friend to gain their trust mm. and then you take advantage of them i would say that's what grooming is yeah so you don't want to groom your friend robert certainly not <laughs> I, d- I just chose the word. You know why the comedian part of my brain chose that word? Yeah. Because it's just a funny word. Although it's not. I mean, the reason it's a funny word is because it has shock value. Because it could be misunderstood. Do you know why else you chose it? Why? It's because it's in that episode of The Guilty Feminist that I made you listen to. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it was in your head. It, yeah, it was in my head for that reason. Mm-hmm. You, you Darren Browned me. I did. <laughs> I did. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Darren Brown is a famous uh, mentalist, a sort of illusionist and hypnotist. Uh, hypnotist who is famous in the UK. I have mentioned him on the podcast before. Long-term listeners may remember. And he is famous for doing these sorts of magic tricks where he essentially implants suggestions into the minds of uh, his um victims yeah um, victims and, and, and makes them think things it seems that he's subtly implanting ideas in people's heads yeah. in various uh, ways i don't know if that's actually what's going on but anyway it's tv it could be anything it, it could be anything but for example he will uh, like uh he, he'll pretend to read someone's mind and then go, ah, ha, ha, I don't actually have magic powers. Here's how I actually did it. Yeah. And he reveals that the producers of the show planted different images on mm. that person's route to the TV studio. Mm-hmm. So there was like an advert on a bus stop with a picture. So, for, for example, if it's, you know, a specific thing, like he says to uh, the person, okay, I want you to think of an animal doing something and I want you to draw a picture of it. Mm. And the person draws a picture of a kitten playing the banjo. Right. With the sun shining in the background. Yeah. And then Darren Brown draws the same picture. Yeah. And then they reveal that the two pictures are very similar. And everyone goes, oh, my God, how did you do that? Uh, You know, you have magic powers. And he goes, no, I don't, because magic powers don't exist. And then he goes, here's how I actually did it. And then there's a montage showing that the producers maybe put a picture of a cat playing the banjo on a bus stop. And then there was another picture. And then there was a song playing in in the foyer of the TV studio about a cat playing the banjo. Yeah. You know, I'm a cat playing the banjo, da-da-da. That famous song. That famous song. And then all these different sort of um, suggestions that implanted the image of a cat playing the banjo into the head of the person. And then when Darren finally does the trick on that, person mm. the image comes out and they draw it on the paper without realizing that the image has been implanted in there by darren brown and his producers in advance yeah how does this refer to what we were talking about i've Kate? got absolutely no idea <laughs> you lost me about five minutes ago listeners are you okay are you all right are you following this this <sighs> no one's following this mate this must be really difficult to follow yeah what should we do to make things better not talk about darren brown anymore okay let's stop talking about that so anyway yes my mind is a bit like a maelstrom sometimes <gasps> yes but i think most people's minds work like that don't they um i think most people's minds yeah are not particularly organized my mind's not very organized mm, yeah but then uh, whether you just let all that maelstrom come out of your mouth when you speak is another question that is a decision i would argue kate billington welcome yes. back onto the podcast i'm Thank saying you. that again are we starting again no we're not starting again but i'm just saying that again so you were on the podcast fairly recently episode yes. uh, 689 gosh and you're back again 
And so what we can do is I've got a few things I can ask you. Okay. First of all, I'm going to share some comments from the listeners. Okay. Okay. All right. So the first comment is, well, firstly, the question, have you learned the Chinese for librarian now? Do you know? Do you remember? I think so. Yeah, because you told a joke last yes, time. Yes, in Chinese. And I couldn't remember the word for librarian. And what did you say? Do you remember? I think I just said library person. You did. Which is? Uh, tu shu guan ren. Tu ren. Wow. I think. Okay. Yeah. So couple of Chinese lessons for you. Go on. From my listeners. From you? Oh, okay. From my listeners. Don't worry, I, I'm not in a position to give you <laughs> Chinese lessons or lessons on most things, except maybe podcasting. Mm. Um, so, Tang, how, how do you say that name? Tang Chong Yu. Tang Chong Yu says, Kate's Chinese is good enough for me to understand. So I oh. think she should believe in her competence for Chinese speaking. That's nice. I think you do already. but Yeah, but it, it's rusty. Mm. But yes, that's, that's very kind of Chongyu. Thank nice you. Nice to have a little boost there from Chongyu. Yeah. Tang. Chongyu. Is Tang the first name? or Tang the... would be the surname. Oh, okay. Chongyu. However, there is a little mistake. Oh. And then, do you know if Chongyu is a girl or a boy's no, name? No, I'd have to see the characters. Okay. So go ahead. You want to read the rest of the comment? Go on then. Gong Shi Fa Tai means may you be happy and prosperous instead of happy new year. Ah, Okay. If Kate wants to say Happy New Year, the right one is Xinyan Kuala. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you, Chongyu. That's true. Okay. Was that when I was trying to speak Cantonese, though? And I said it in Ch- Cantonese, which I think is it's something like Gong Hei Fat Choi. You did say that. Yeah. And then we made fun of the fact that it's funny in an English accent. Yeah. Gong, gong Hei Fat Choi? No, that's it. You had the rising intonation. <laughs> is it a question? You, you weren't sure. Yes. Is it Gong Hei Fat Choi? I can't remember. It could be. But it's, it's actually this. How do you say that? Uh, so that's Mandarin. Xin Nian Kuala. But it could be the same characters in Cantonese. I just don't know how to pronounce it in Cantonese. I see. And then the, co- the, the comment continues. By the way, I'm greedy for a jar of cookies when I listened this episode, listened to this episode, mm-hmm. before bedtime. Ha, 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 ha. Good. Very nice. Here's a comment from someone called Icy Flame. Oh, good name. I hope that's their real name. Icy Flame. Yeah. And that's icy like when it's cold, not icy flame. Like, look, I can see flame. Ah, fire. No, it's uh, Icy Flame. Is that a cool name or a hot name? But um, ch. That's the noise we make when someone makes a joke, but we can't laugh because it's not funny enough. Budum is the sound of uh, someone doing a little um, riff. Do, yeah, on the, drum, on, on on the, the drums. Budum tish. So, icy flame says, "Hi, Luke and Kate. I think Kate's Chinese is already good enough." Ah, I could completely understand. By the way, the translation of liber- librarian in Chinese does make sense, and we also say it that way. Excellent. The library person. If you want a more specific way to call them, I would prefer... Oh, Ah, okay. Which is the Chinese pinyin of... And then they've given the characters, which says... Okay, but the label... Huh? The label... <laughs> uh, okay, this is, this is uh, describing the way that... The way that they've written the tones, yeah. The label on the first A and... A I, and I... I a and I should be horizontally symmetric. I know what they mean. Horizontally symmetrical. Yeah. Let's not get into geologic. Uh, ge- uh, what is it? Oh Ge- no! Geometry again. Geometry? Was it geometry? Geometry. Shapes. Shapes and things. We'll try and avoid that uh, particular wormhole, Ooh. rabbit hole. We did that one last time. We did. It was bad enough then. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, it is a really interesting episode talking about cake and Kate's experience. Yay! The joke is the icing on the cake. Very nice. If you're not sure what we're talking about, listeners, go back and listen to episode 689. Mm-hmm. Then Reda Zauri, 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 yeah. Zauri, how do you say it? I would say Zauri. So that's. I, but I don't know. I, I mean, it's entirely possible we're pronouncing this wrong. Z a o u i. I mean, how many how many vowels do you want one after the other? Uh, four. Four apparently. Anyway, <laughs> um, Reda Zauri says, "If this episode was a cake, it would be a pun cake." Hey, very good. Got it. Not a pancake. A pun cake. A pun cake. My favourite kind of cake. A pun is a is a little word joke. Just in case you were wondering. There you go, Luke. Thank you for that one. And P.S. says Redder. Thanks to both of you for the episode. Kate was indeed a great guest. Aww. And for us listeners, we've been able to train our listening skills thanks to Kate's super fast, natural speaking pace and posh-ish accent. <laughs> yes, I do have a posh-ish accent. A bit posh. A bit posh. That's all right. It's not, you're not gap yar, as we said before. We, we did talk a bit about gap yar, yeah. yeah. So you're, you're not, you're not gap yar, you're just normal, gap year, right? Anyway, <laughs> the comment continues. Also, thanks Luke for reiterating at your own pace what Kate said when you were talking about the first lines and what the senior manager had once said to her. Do you remember this is what? Oh, this is my favourite thing that's ever happened at work. She said to you on your first sort of day at work or something, she said, oh yeah, there's lots of pregnant people here. If you don't get pregnant in your first year, we send someone from customer services to do it. Badum tish. And then PS2, hooray for becoming a chef. That's very kind. All the best. And then lastly, finally, here's a comment which I've marked as flattery, question mark. Right. I don't think this person wants anything from me. They're not grooming you. Indeed. Flattery, I think, would be when you try and Mm. say something nice, probably because you want something from someone. Right. Like, oh, Kate, you're such a brilliant cook. (laughs) Your cakes are so delicious. They really are. Mm, Oh, I'd love to eat one right now or maybe, maybe next week. That's very subtle. Well done. Yeah. So that was flattery. And you're like, oh, uh, and then you feel obliged to make a cake for me. Mm. So yeah, flattery. But I don't know what they would want from you, except maybe another appearance on the podcast. But um, in that case, this person's got what they wanted. But anyway, this is from Alexander Suvorov, uh, who is a friend of the podcast. And he's written, wow, what a brilliant guest. She's so clever and fun and also genuinely friendly without it being insincere. That's lovely. Kate, if you're reading this, you're very inspiring. Thank you for being. I like that. I like that too. I, I feel like I haven't got to try anymore. Like I'm just, just being is enough. Yeah, thank that's, you. That's lovely, that. Thank you for being. Thank you, Alexander. Nice little joke there from Alexander. Thank you for being, not even thank you for being on the podcast, but just simply thank you for thank being. Thank you for existing. Thank you for existing. Okay. I feel like we're probably saying his name quite badly. It looks like it could be so maybe a Russian name. I think it's Suvorov, actually. No, I think I was thinking about the first bit. Alexand- Alexander. Alexander. I, I feel like we're not supposed to say the R as much as we're saying it. Alex. Uh, let's call him Alex. I'm saying Alexander, and I don't think that's... Alexander. Alexander. There's a bit of, uh, it's too English, that, isn't it? Is there it? a bit of Liverpool coming There in was there. a bit of Liverpool, sorry. Alexander. Alexander. Let's not do our accents again, shall no. we? Well, it's always fun. But anyway, okay, Kate, so um, I was going to ask you... So we are, we're recording this um, in February. In fact, it's... Yeah. I'm not sure when I'm going to 
release this. Uh, but anyway, the, the date uh, today is the 12th of February, mm-hmm. 2021. Mm-hmm. And it's Chinese New Year at this time. Today, yeah. I believe it's today. It's New Year's Day today, according or to... Or New the, Year's Eve. Is it New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? I'm going to find out in a second. Okay. But Chinese New Year. Now, I, I, I bring this up, obviously, because I guess a lot of people listening to this would recognise that date, but also because you speak Chinese and mm. you've spent some time in China and you've studied Chinese and stuff. So Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. I thought we could talk about this a little bit and maybe some other festivals around this time in the UK, mm. in British culture. Mm-hmm. So do you celebrate Chinese New Year? Um, no, not habitually. I mean, I've, obviously I did when I lived in China. Also, I don't really call it Chinese New Year anymore. I call it Lunar New Year because it's not only Chinese. You know, lots of other cultures celebrate it as well. And I can say, do you want me to do another language thing? Please. I can say Happy Lunar New Year in Korean. Oh, great. I love Korean. Go on. It's lovely, isn't it? I think, well, I'm probably going to say it very badly, but I think it's... uh, Very good. Good, eh? Yeah. And the other thing I can say in Korean is don't speak Korean, Uh which is hangul mai hajima. Okay. Like that. So uh, I, anyway. I, I expect we'll be getting a Korean lesson. Definitely. I'm sure I said that Happy New Year one wrong, but uh, I, I, I try. That's great. Yeah. So yes, Lunar New Year rather yeah. than Chinese New or Year. Or Spring Festival. Some people call it Spring Festival. Okay. Which strikes me as unfortunate this time of year when it's below freezing and it doesn't really feel like spring yet. Mm. But in some parts of the world, it probably already does feel like spring. So that's nice. Have you ever actually experienced it firsthand? Yes, I have, but it's very much a family festival in China. So it's not really a time when you would go out to restaurants to eat or anything like that, because a lot of restaurants close. Mm. And I think it's the biggest peacetime migration of humans is when Chinese people travel for the Chinese New Year holiday, for the Lunar New Year holiday, most people would go from big cities back to the town or city that they come from, a smaller place. Even bigger than the Hajj? I think so. Yeah. Because obviously the population of China is so huge. Yeah. And when I lived in Beijing, I think it had a population of 22 million. And over Lunar New Year, it dropped to about 4 million. Wow. It was it was incredible. And there, there are these eight-lane motorways that you could just walk across because there were just no cars. Wow. It was really odd. So I I did celebrate it, but I had a a very small thing with friends, mostly British friends, because most of our Chinese friends had gone back to their families for Lunar New Year. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. What about in the UK? Do people recognise or celebrate Lunar New Year, Chinese New Year Spring Festival? Yeah, I think I don't have any... I didn't have any friends growing up who celebrated it because I grew up in a very small town where there there wasn't a Chinese population um, certainly not anybody who was my age but then if you go to big cities in the UK you find more people celebrating it you know cities that have a Chinatown which a lot of them do in the UK, then even people who don't necessarily have a connection to any countries that celebrate Lunar New Year, they they might celebrate it themselves. You know, they might do a meal at home. I've got quite a lot of friends who do that now, who study Chinese with me. But this year has not really been a year for parties. So I don't know if you've noticed that. But I'd have quite liked to celebrate it this year, but it's just not really, not really been the time. It's not doable. It's not, no. Not feasible. Mm Mm-mm. What about at this time of year in the UK? Mm-hmm. 
what are the sorts of things that people celebrate around this time of year? Any festivals in the UK at this period? Actually, shall I turn the heater on? Oh, I, if you're cold, I'm then cold. yes. You, you, again, I'll leave them. <laughs> I'll leave you to keep talking. Okay. What about UK festivals? So I think the one that you're getting at is Pancake Day, because also I've seen it on your notes. Um, and Pancake Day is my second favourite holiday after Christmas. I love Christmas, but Pancake Day is is the second best, in my opinion. That's Pancake Day, not Puncake Day. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would probably overtake Pancake Day if it existed as my favourite. But Pancake Day is the beginning of Lent. It's the last day before Lent begins. And Lent is a Christian, not festival, a period of time when traditionally... Wow, that's a lot of ice falling off that roof. More ice falling yeah. uh, from the roof above us. Yeah, That's good. That means that my cycle home might be less icy. Yes, I'm pleased. Less treacherous. Indeed. Yes, so Lent is a period of time where people give up tasty things and then it ends with Easter and it's a recognition of the time which is in the Bible when Jesus was um, lost in the desert I believe 40 days and 40 nights except for if you actually count how long Lent is it's 47 days oh which I've always found upsetting because I normally give up chocolate for Lent and I'm actually not a Christian but in the UK it's quite a popular cultural thing to do Mm -hmm. something for Lent a lot of people do it as a kind of personal challenge or quite a good idea yeah. you know just to give up certain things like yeah. that to try and be healthier right right mm-hmm. right 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 so pancake day yes pancake day is an excellent day I, I think we need to clarify the difference between a british pancake and an american pancake go ahead so american pancakes when we say pancakes i think a lot of people will picture american pancakes which, which are, are which are quite thick if you go to like a breakfast bar you might get a stack of them and yeah, they're, they're maybe maybe a centimetre thick, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. They're quite fluffy. Mm-hmm. And you'd get them in a stack, traditionally with maple syrup. Yeah. A pile of them, yeah. Big blob of butter. Big, bo- big blob of butter. Well, it's hard to say, isn't big, it? Bl- big, bo- big blob of butter. <laughs> Can you say that, listeners? Uh, big stack of pancakes with maple syrup and a big blob of butter. That's like that butter tongue twister. Do you know that one? Oh, uh, Betty. Bo- Betty Butter. Go on. Betty Butter bought some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. But a bit of better butter's bound to make my batter better. So she bought a bit of butter better than her bitter butter, and she put it in her batter, and it made her batter better. (laughs) That's a huge stadium full of people all applauding you. Thank you very much. That's good. I actually tried to do that tongue twister on the podcast with uh, Paul Taylor. How'd it go? Uh, badly I mean badly in the sense that we couldn't do it although I think that was quite funny we tried to do it over a beat we were trying to wrap it oh that might have been your mistake mightn't it yeah but I mean I think the result was pretty good value it was good fun I believe you Um, that was amazing okay I'm going to have to type that out (laughs) (laughs) because everyone's going to be like I'm so sorry what were those words But anyway, yes, a stack of packs. So I was in Las Vegas and my wife and I went for breakfast in a really great place that Mm -hmm. did huge American breakfasts. And there was a menu, obviously, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) there were like different pancake um, uh, options. Options. Thank you. (laughs) Can you just always be there to just (laughs) help me find words? And it was like, you can have the normal pancake breakfast or the deluxe pancake breakfast and i was like i'm obviously gonna have the deluxe was it enough for 17 people 
Yeah. You could have fed a family for about a week on it. Yeah. And I ate all of it. Wow. But it was so good. That's the thing. It was so Moorish. Yeah. I'm you very know, impressed by that. You know, when your brain, uh, let's say your stomach doesn't catch up with your brain. Yeah. Or like, your stomach doesn't catch up with your mouth or your taste buds. So I was enjoying eating it so much and my brain was going, yeah, this is great. This is great. Just mm-hmm. keep it coming. Keep that maple syrup infused pancake coming, please. Yeah. More. And then eventually my stomach was like, wait, 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 guys, guys, guys. <laughs> did you not get our emails? I think we got up from the cafe, went to leave, and and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> like when you've had too much alcohol, but it was just too much pancake. Yeah, the oxygen hit, and then, poof, oh, hold on. I, I was basically digesting that for probably about a week or something. Mm. You know, from then on, my, my wife was like, okay, dinner time. I was like, not no, necessary. No. <laughs> yeah, I think that's an American thing. American portions are incredible. They are huge. Yeah. Yeah. But they have the, the concept of the doggy bag. They do. Can you stick that in a doggy bag? Well, we have that as well. It's just not very common. It feels a bit funny. Yeah, just put it in a bag. Bag it up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that means that means you want to take it home. It doesn't necessarily mean you've got a dog, just to clarify. That's right. They call it a doggy bag, but yeah. it's just a way to wrap up food that you haven't eaten. So you can take it at home, put it in your fridge. Eat it for breakfast. And eat it later, maybe mm-hmm. for breakfast, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, pancake day. Yum, 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 yum. So an English pancake... Yes. Is not like an American pancake, which is thick and often covered in maple syrup. It's very thin. It's much more like a French crepe, Mm. but it's not exactly the same as a crepe, as the French will hastily point out. Um, And quite rightly. Uh, But I think it's much more like that. So the, the beauty of pancake day is that because pancakes are quite thin in the UK, you can eat a lot of them. Mm. much more easily than you can eat a lot of American pancakes. And how do we eat them? Obviously, we put them in our mouths, we chew, we swallow, we digest. That's but, my general method. But how do we eat pancakes? You choose a variety of toppings. The classic one is lemon and sugar. Mm. It's really good. Mm. But also, you can have savoury pancakes. So you can put whatever you want on them. Cheese, mushrooms, ham. I've got a language point to make here. Go on. The word savoury. Oh, I love that word. I've had almost like arguments with learners of English about this word before. Where I'm like, okay, savoury is the opposite of sweet. Okay, you've got sweet food. Well, you've got sweet food. And then, well, what's how do we describe food that's not sweet? We call it savoury. Like Mm -hmm. you just did it just Mm -hmm. then. Savoury pancakes. Yeah. Food that is not primarily sweet or, or for dessert. Yes. Right? Yes. So a savoury pancake would be with like cheese and ham or something like that, yes. like a French one. And I've had learners who are just like, no, they just don't accept the, no. the, 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 the definition because they believe, and maybe they're right as well, that savoury means like top quality, delicious, um, oh. really, really, ta- really good quality, very no, tasty. I completely disagree with that. Right. Because of, that's because of the verb to savour. Mm-hmm. Which does mean, you know, when you really enjoy your food and you eat it slowly because it's good quality. Yes. I didn't actually savour the cake that you made for me. I wolfed it down. Yeah. But um, I... You can't see this, listeners, but Luke is now wistfully (laughs) (laughs) turning over the cupcake paper that remains to see if there's any bits of cake still clinging to it i'm like an elephant that's returning to an elephant graveyard you are and just sort of like turning over the bones and maybe paying my respects but it's as though you killed the other elephants yourself because you did eat the cupcake well that's true (laughs) listeners did you know that about elephants there are certain areas where elephants go to die it's very sad this This is really sad sad tangent and we already wouldn't have anything to talk about here we are (laughs) 
But elephants go to a certain spot to die. They're known as elephant graveyards. Mm -hmm. And other elephants go to mourn. Mm, To mourn the... the M-O-U-R-N. M-O-U-R-N. I've done that joke a few times. Mourning? Yeah. Priest is walking through the graveyard of his church. He sees a man sitting on a bench. He goes, morning. And the man goes, no, I'm just taking a rest. Hey. Hey. Yes. Um, <laughs> you've heard that before, listeners. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so I, I, I was in turning over the, the crumbs and the, the <laughs> remains of um, Kate's cupcake in a wistful, slightly sad manner. Because um, he didn't savour it. Because I didn't savour it. I should have taken more time to enjoy the, the lovely, lovely taste. I thought when you started talking about the word savoury that we were going to talk about how in French they don't have the same word. They just have the word salty. So they're sweet and salty. And then I get into arguments with French people about it because if something's savoury, it's not necessarily salty. If something's salty in English, like you can really taste the salt, you know? So you would say like olives are quite salty. You can taste the salt. Whereas... A French person would think you could say like bread is salty, but to me, bread is just savoury. Savoury is almost neutral, I think. Yeah. It's not not sweet. Not sweet. It's not sweet, but it's almost neutral, you know? Mm -hmm. Pasta is savoury, rice, you know? It's it's not necessarily salty either. Right. I think you could argue the opposite of sweet is salty or the opposite of sweet is sour, whereas savoury is neutral. Okay. So if you see on a menu, ladies and gentlemen... Mm. And I remember having this conversation in the cafe of the Tate Modern in London. Right. Where the menu had titles on it and it was like sweet mm-hmm. stuff and savoury. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe where I had one of these conversations. It was like, uh, I had, you know, they're like savoury. Huh? I was like, yeah, okay. savoury just means not sweet. And then, you know, you can imagine what. Large argument erupted. Yeah. <laughs> ruining your trip to the Tate Modern. That's right. I can't look at modern art now. <laughs> it's all meaningless anyway. It always was. It always was. <laughs> all right. So pancakes, lovely. How do we eat them? Yeah, you've, you've said that. Lemon, sugar, maybe a bit of syrup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nutella is a thing. Nutella and banana. Other chocolate spreads are available. Apparently so. Um, strawberries and things like that. But also other things we do with pancakes... You flip them. Yes. And also you can do a pancake race. Did you ever do those as a kid? Yes, I think I did. It's, it's a, like a short running race where you've got a pancake in a frying pan and you have to flip it as you run. Mm-hmm. Um, we know how to have fun in the UK, oh, don't we? Oh, God, yeah, we do. <laughs> pancake race. You can see how much we value food. <laughs> Strong culinary traditions in the UK. We, just, we turn it into a sport for That's kids. That's such a good point. Yeah. Whereas in France, they would never do that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm, don't touch the food. Don't sully the food by turning it into a game. There's also an egg and spoon race. That's another race. Classic, uh, classic British sports day race. Listeners, right? You know the, the pancake race that Kate just mentioned where you've got to run. Uh, it's a running race, but mm-hmm. you've got to flip pancakes in a frying pan while you're doing it. Yeah. Think about an egg and spoon race. What do you expect that will be? Hmm? Hmm? It's a mm, tricky one. Mm, the cogs are turning. So... What's an egg and spoon race? So you have a spoon yep. and there's an egg on it. Yeah. Uh, the egg is not cooked. So if the egg falls to the ground, that's it. Oh, no. So you have to complete the race. You have to be the first one to cross the finish line without breaking your egg. You cannot glue the egg to the spoon. That's against the rules. Are you allowed to like trip up other competitors? Absolutely. You're allowed to stick your foot out yeah. and uh, trip them up. But the best one doesn't involve food. It's a wheelbarrow race. 
Oh, yeah. That's a brilliant race. Now, this is not the best one. No, what's the best one? The three-legged three legged race <laughs> yeah you might have a point and, and there. there's the there's, there's the sack race as well yeah okay right we're doing it we're a real sporting race, nation we are races at kids uh like fun days at, at kids schools yeah um, sports days we used to call them sports days sports days exactly although i think you could argue that none of these really qualify as sport i but... don't know as <laughs> semantics how do you define sport good question let's not go into that arg- that no. debate uh, right now but yes so we've got the pancake race which only happens around pancake day yeah the egg and spoon race can happen at any time yeah like what's going on you know like literally at any moment at any moment you should be ready <laughs> in the uk if you ever go and live in the uk you should make sure you've always got an egg and spoon ready we're joking, listeners. Do Sometimes <laughs> it's not obvious when we're joking, but I need to flag it up. That was a joke. That can't happen at any time, but it can happen at any time of the year. Normally, could be the, scheduled at any time. Normally, the summer yes. when sports days happen. See, I think you could do a pancake race in the summer. No, I suppose it's just not really done. No, I just think that I think that pancake races are much more likely to happen around the pancake day time. Yes, you're right. Otherwise. People are just not What's thinking about pancakes or making them. I'm always thinking about pancakes. You are, yeah. Um, so pancake race, egg and spoon race. Then you mentioned the wheelbarrow race. The wheelbarrow race. race is excellent. That's It's a two-person race, as in there's two people working together. And one person will be on their hands and the other person holds up their legs Oh, it's quite hard to describe, isn't it? So, so the person who's standing behind is holding the legs of the person in front. Yep. The person in front is balancing on their hands and you've got to get to the finish line like that. So the person in front is the wheelbarrow and a wheelbarrow is something that gardeners use to move things around the garden. So it's normally got one wheel um, and two sort of steady legs and you uh, can easily put things in it and lift them up and handles. And two handles, two one handles. for the left hand, one for the right hand. Exactly. So you would be working with a partner to do the wheelbarrow race. Ideally, you'd both have quite strong arms. Yep. Because one person's walking on their hands and the other person's holding the first person with their hands. So you've got to have quite strong arms. And we should definitely do this at work, by the way. It would be hilarious. Where? On the Esplanade? On the Esplanade, yes. Can you imagine? The French would love that. Yeah. They would find it awful, but hilarious at the same time. They would be shocked. They would be shocked. Because I don't want to get into the cultural stereotyping, but... I think French people are not as silly as English people. It's a silly race. It's absolutely silly. We we, we love the silliness. We do love the silliness. That's the the whole point, listeners. Yeah. If you're listening to this, taking it seriously, stop. Yeah. You should be not taking this seriously. It's really good. It's really good. So so that's it. It's a two-person race and, and obviously the first team to cross the finish line. And there's some debate about whether both of you have to cross the finish line or just the just the wheelbarrow, just the front person. Mm. I think both of you need to cross. That's my that's what I would be inclined well, to say. It's got to be like like the ankle of the second person. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah right. And then your favourite is also an excellent race. The three leg is it the three legged race? Yes. Okay, three legged race. Three legged is it three legged or three legged? Legged. Legged. All right. I'm very sure about that. Yeah, good. We we like certainty. This is important in in this day and age in, in language instruction. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it instruction, where you instruct people. Is that what we're doing <laughs> I now? Don't know. I don't <laughs> Instructing know. people on wheelbarrow races. <laughs> I don't know. Again, that was an example of choosing the funny word. Right. I felt like in- language instruction better than grooming, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was a mistake, yeah. wasn't it? Shouldn't yeah. have said that. Oh dear, you live and learn. <laughs> anyway, three-legged race. Three-legged race. That's where you get two. 
um, um, so in the people. race, pairs of people yeah. take part. Um, so it could be like your son, the son and the dad, or the mum and the son, or any two people. Two mates. Yeah, two Strangers friends. would be a fun way to get to Doesn't know someone. normally happen, strangers. <laughs> but anyway, happen. two people, right? And so um, they stand next to each other, mm-hmm. and they've got to run, obviously. But uh, the one... So, for example, my right... If I was doing the three-legged race with Kate, yeah. uh, my... My let's say my right leg would be attached to her left leg. Yes. So they'd be attached together with string or rope or something, just attached together. So essentially, it's looking at a three-legged being, being creature. Yeah. Made of two people with two of their legs tied together, a leg each tied together. Because because two of the legs are tied together, so you got yeah. th- essentially three legs, and you have to run. Right. And it, it requires uh, cooperation. Yeah. The two people have to run in sync. They have to be synchronized so that they're running, you know, t- so that the, that middle leg is is not going wrong. Yeah. Um, it's so good. And I'm the just res- remembering it now. It's the, glorious. As you can imagine, listeners, the results are quite funny because naturally people don't run at the same speeds. And so there's always someone who falls over and yeah. it, it looks ridiculous. Everyone's falling over. People are sort of, um, you know, the best people are the ones who manage to team up properly. It helps if you put your arms over the, each other's shoulders. Yeah. It helps if you're a similar height as well, I think. Yes. Because otherwise it all gets... Yeah, this is when the father and son or mother and son might might get complicated. But that's often the funniest yeah. thing. Uh, okay, so there's that, listeners. Are you paying attention? <laughs> For this crucial I information. Hope I hope you're writing this down. Are you writing <laughs> notes? Um, and the other one is the, the, the... Is it the... The sack race. Sack race. Yes. Sack race. So a sack is a um, something you might use to, you know, loads of potatoes might be put in a sack. Yeah. Made of hessian or, as long-term listeners might remember, burlap. Wow. Burlap sack is a word that's come up. Um, you cover the essentials here, don't absolutely. you? Absolutely. Most important phrases. Mm-hmm. Amber Minogue. Came up with a burlap sack. It's a, it's a sort of a private joke between her and me and all the lepsters right. who, who, who've heard those episodes. Anyway, burlap sack. So can you imagine a big burlap sack, the sort of thing that would be used to carry potatoes, but you've got to do the race, but you're in a sack. You're in a, one of yeah, these you're standing and, in it. Yeah. You're standing in it and you have to jump. Boing, 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 jumping like that. And yes. you can imagine like loads of people all jumping, you know, running, doing a race, but they're jumping in a sack and everyone, it's a great day. People fall over and hey, we love a good falling over joke in the UK. Everyone loves a falling over That's joke. That's true. That's true. But I think we're keen to recreate it in our own lives to an extent that maybe not everybody else is. Yeah. I mean, again, we, we, let's, if we refer to the French or maybe just Paris, because they're not the same things not specifically as, as has been pointed out to me in the past by listeners. Completely so true. if we talk about Paris, yes, a sack race is not something you would get in Paris unless it was like associated with like some British school or something like that mm. in Paris. I think, uh, but falling over, I think is funny in any culture but it's yes. done in differently i think in paris they would find it funny if it was in if it was in like a, a charlie chaplin film mm-hmm. or if it, uh, presented by an intellectual mm. who was like oh <laughs> analyzing um, the, the fall the great genius of uh, charlie chaplin is the way that he would fall over mm-hmm. um and um you know it's intellectualized yeah they would enjoy that yes um mm-hmm. there's a package coming 
That's exciting. Yes. Is it, is it, is it being delivered now? Appar- Do we take a break? Apparently, yes. I need to go down. Uh, Should we I'm stop gonna, talking? I'm going to pause the podcast. I'm going to rush downstairs All right. to get the package. Okay, so we'll continue in just a moment. Great. So, so we're back again. I, we're I, back. I ran downstairs uh, to get a package from the postman. And and that's good. Um, I got so a new cup of tea. You got yeah. a new yeah. a new cup of tea. That's a, a fresh cup of tea. Fresh cup of tea. That's the one. It's lovely. And, and then we we were just thinking, what were we talking about? And we were talking about uh, different um, races in the UK in in sports day. And you yeah. and you thought maybe it would be funny to make a joke about race relations in the UK. Yeah, that's and then couldn't find the joke. But thanks for mentioning the fact that I came up with a half joke. I think we did it. I think we did it. Was that the joke? Yeah. This is a podcast about race relations. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Are you going to explain race relations? <laughs> race relations listeners would be the um, the relationships between different uh, races, meaning ethnicities mm. in the UK. So race relations is a much more serious topic, which might be discussed on BBC Radio 4, maybe. Indeed. You know. In serious places. Next up on Radio 4, uh, the moral... Race relations. The moral, the moral maze. maze. With Michael Burke. <laughs> I think you referenced Michael Burke last time this, I was here. This week on... What, what would it be? This week on the moral maze, we're talking about race relations. Uh, Michael Burke, um, he came to dinner at our house once. Gosh. Michael Burke did. Listeners, you'd be like, so what? So what? <laughs> Michael Burke was a guy who used to read the news on TV. Yeah. And... I have actually talked about Michael Burke before yeah, because I did an episode about, you know, the day-to-day, Chris Morris. Mm. You're maybe a bit young for that. I know the day-to-day. Why do I know that? Because Alan Partridge came from that. Right. Okay. And it was a um, a sort of parody of news programs. Mm-hmm. And Chris Morris, who later went on to direct uh, Four Lions, that, that film. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know that. And, and other things I've and he's done other stuff too brilliant guy um but uh so chris morris played the part of the newsreader mm. and he his his character was basically a combination of michael burke and jeremy paxman right and so i think i've, I've i talked about michael burke in that episode and played a clip from one of his episodes of 999 emergency rescue Oh, God, we're going down a real rabbit hole. Here. Anyway, Michael Burke came to my house once. You're impressed. Good. Let's, let's move on. Um, so. sure, sure, I'm impressed. Let's go with that. <laughs> There's not really much to say about it, except that he, we hung out with his two sons. My brother and I hung out with his twin sons and we talked to to them and it was good we had fun that's You're right it. there really was nothing to say no there's no content to that anecdote no value to it except <laughs> that i just wanted to drop the fact that great is that michael, your is that your claim to fame yeah michael burke had dinner at our house once and then you go wow who gives a shit i didn't say wow you, but no. let's pretend i did okay <laughs> <laughs> um uh so race relations that's right yeah okay well kate i think maybe we are uh, this may be a good place to draw this whole thing to a, to a close, but how can we conclude? How can we wrap well, this I, up? I, there hasn't really been a unifying thread running through our conversation today, has there, Luke? No, but I think that... Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a sign of a good conversation when yeah. you can't remember how you got onto the topic you're on. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we could get self-referential and talk about uh, the approach of this podcast now. Let's do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I mean to say that 
when recording a conversation for this podcast, which is for learners of English around the world, you know, one of the re- one of the things I want to do is present uh, natural, authentic conversations in a poshish voice. In a <laughs> <laughs> in a poshish voice, although I've never been on a gap yard. Okay, look, I'm not that posh. Okay, if you think I'm posh, that's this is not proper posh. Is this you doing an impression of me? Because we've done that. No, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being me. You could, um, you could share with listeners the video of your impression of me. <laughs> <laughs> Luke and I did a video of impressions of uh, people we work with for the yeah. work Christmas party, and we each did an impression of the other so we had to, we we you know the work christmas party listeners right so uh, it was on zoom so it's a bigger challenge than usual it was on zoom every christmas the, you know the school where we work there is a christmas party the school actually employs many people there's like loads of people who work for the it's about 200 250 people 200 there? people as teaching staff there's like um you know, uh, human resources managers and staff and office staff, so many different people. Um, and uh, because Kate and I both do stand-up comedy, we are usually asked to provide some sort of comedy entertainment. Forced, Off- really, is the we're, word. Yeah, we're, hev- we're strong-armed into it. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're kind of forced into it. Um, and um, s- like this year, it was a bit of a struggle because we're thinking, what are we going to do? And I think one of the party organisers said, just do impressions, do impressions of everyone. Yeah, somebody made us do that. Yeah, as part of their own entertainment. It was as part of a quiz. Yes. So they wanted um, a quiz where we would do impressions of people working at the school and everyone had to guess who it was. Yeah. And so we, we, we didn't have a lot of time to prepare it. But we, we spent maybe an hour or two uh, thinking about it and talking about it and going off on tangents. Long, long tangents. And then we, then we recorded about half an hour of us improvising little sketches, doing impressions of our colleagues. I think the main thing we learned is that we're both very bad at impressions. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And um, so we... I can't. We can't share all those impressions, and they wouldn't make any sense to you anyway. No. But but in order to so, why did we choose to do impressions of each other as well? I think it's because you never quite know how people are going to react when you do an impression of them. Some people might take it quite badly. Although I think the impressions were mostly quite kind. They weren't. There were a couple of exceptions, um, but they weren't. You know, they weren't cruel impressions. But I think um, I think it's a night. It adds something if you and I each do an impression of each other because it means we're also the butt of the joke at some point, you know, although right. your impression of me was very kind. I have to say mine of you was not so nice. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is that because we, you know, we're not great impressionists and we didn't have a lot of time to prepare it. Mm. The impressions were fairly sort of one dimensional. Very much so. Just repeating things that that person says regularly. Yeah. Very one dimensional impressions. So basically, well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll explain it beforehand, before we listen. I think you should, can you not put it as an attachment to this episode? No, no I'm going to play a little bit of audio of it now. Oh, are you? Yeah, I am. I can do that now. Oh, okay. Because uh, if I go. do it as an attachment, no one's going to listen to it. I don't think and that's then, true. And, yeah, well, some people will, all right, but uh, it'll only be a, a sort of a small small proportion of everyone who's actually But they need to, to see this. how you did the hair. Well, yeah, okay. Well, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to actually, well, we'll see, we'll all see. Right. Yes, I might be able to do that. Uh, that. You're doing me there, aren't no, you? No, I don't think I'm doing you. I think I did you after you did me. Um, <laughs> that's uh, Dylan. Okay, that's us doing an impression of Dylan. 
Dylan's a very smart looking man. He looks a bit like Clark Kent. So we both tried to dress up like him. And I think we can agree we didn't look as good as Dylan looks. No, it's very difficult to look as good as Dylan. Absolutely. Dylan's an American. Uh, he's an American. I have to say it like that. That's how Michael Burke says American. Yeah, I think you need to stop talking about Michael Burke. American. Yeah, I should probably let it go. Let it go. Do you know he's been to your house? Michael Burke, yeah, I had dinner. Uh, he came round for dinner once. No way. Did you, did you and your brother play with his sons? We did, yeah. Wow, were they twins? Yeah, they were twins. Is there anything else to this story? Nope. All right, great. Um, so what am I getting at? What I'm getting at is, well, I'm going to play you the impressions now, but you can see, you can listen to how one-dimensional they are, listeners. And I should add that in my impression of Kate, because mm. you know, I couldn't, uh, my hair is not as long as hers. So I had to... Not quite. What did I do to, to try and look like you? You put tea towels on your head. That's right. Tea towels are like very small towels that you use in the kitchen for drying your dishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you looked like um, a kid playing Joseph in a nativity play which is something we do at Christmas in the UK or some, some schools do at Christmas that the children will act out the story of um, Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. And uh, the kid playing Jesus always has a tea towel on his or her head. Which is potentially quite offensive when it you, is think now, of, yeah. you think about it. Isn't it? Is it? It could be considered a little bit offensive. I think it's just the way that people dress when they live in the desert. I don't think it's got particularly... Because it gives you shade, doesn't it? Yeah. So to me, it's not something that's got particularly... It's not got any kind of religious significance, I don't True. think. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Let's, let's bring this ship back. Sorry, yes. No, it's probably my fault. But um, anyway, so you can imagine me with a couple of tea towels on my head to simulate Kate's uh, lovely hair. It looked great. And uh, I'm going to play the audio for it right now. And maybe I okay. got the wrong address. Okay. That's Dylan, but um, now this is Kate. Calm down. So I sort of speak a bit like this. I'm just going to, I'm going to do this really, really posh. Even though this this person apparently isn't even that posh, but uh, you know, I'm going to do it really posh. So the thing is, so I'm, hi guys, yeah. So I'm doing uh, I'm doing a comedy night, uh, and there's going to be free cake and uh, and uh, croissants and and uh, bread and other things, and it's going to be really good. So why don't you come on down? Also, I'm going to be doing... Uh, I've, I've started to learn some even more new skills, so I'm going to be learning how to speak Arabic and um, Flemish at the same time. Uh, and I'll be doing that uh, on a podcast uh, uh, at the Opera House, where I'm going to be interviewing uh, uh, Opera Winfrey at the Opera House. The idea here is that I'm very precocious, and a little bit posh and quite well-spoken. And I make cakes and I do things like comedy and podcasts and things. Um, and this is my hair. Do you like my lovely, <laughs> my lovely auburn? Is it auburn? Is it red? Is it brown? It's hard to tell, isn't it? But it's certainly nice. Look, I've got a lovely fringe here. I'm not posh, even though I sound posh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I remember that being glorious. Uh, it, the, the video went down well, didn't it? People went mad for it. Everyone loved that video. Yeah, they were really... Even the people who were in it. A lot of people laughing. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Mm. That's definitely the greatest thing we've ever done. Yes, I think so. So um, are you ready for... The listeners, this is Kate doing impression of me. Well, oh, gosh, are we going to play that? <gasps> yeah. Oh, I look very odd there, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I've paused the video. And it's not my best look. It's not, it's not flattering. Never mind. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, your version of me is that this is only based on how I am when I'm 
at the British Council between classes and I'm stressed out because I'm trying to prepare a lesson and I've got like five or ten minutes. Yeah, it's not your best moment. No, be not normally. So it's like me uh, like in that stressed out moment before class where I'm like, ah, oh, have I got all my photocopies? Ah, And it's basically, well, let's play it and you can see. Yeah. Listeners. <laughs> Hi, hi. Uh, am I am I on screen? I, mean, I feel like I've sort of got into a Boris Johnson impression. That's not all there is, but it's something that is passing down. Hi, hi. Yeah, no, uh, no. Don't talk, don't talk to me. I'm I'm just uh, I've just I've got a lesson in like um and I get it's in like five or like uh, fifty minutes. I don't know. It's um it's going to be soon. Um, I don't. Uh, I'm not sure. Somebody said it's um in the my in in my class. I don't know what my class. Is um it's gonna it's uh I just don't um I, I and I don't know if I've told you I've got a lesson um yeah it's really uh oh, it's not uh oh, it's not a good time uh I've got but, um I've got I've got this podcast um maybe I've told you about this podcast I've got I've got this podcast it's actually it's quite it's quite successful um I've got um a podcast and it's an English uh, English podcast uh I just uh, I'm just a little bit late now it's maybe not the time to tell you about my podcast um. And it's, uh, I'm actually teaching a lesson in, uh, it's in four minutes now. And it's, uh, oh, it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's not in the school. It's in a, it's in a partner school. Well, it's, I'm, I'm here now to teach it here. Uh, that's it. I think I'm, I'm probably going to stop there. I've told you about my podcast. Um, it's very concise and succinct. Thank you. <laughs> God, who was that? I've no idea who that was. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the things that I liked about that were when you were just like talking and I, I just feel like I've just gone into a Boris Johnson impression. Sorry. Which <laughs> you do frequently go I into, do Boris, go into a Boris Johnson impression quite a lot. Um, and that's the impression you can do. If they let us do hey, that. Hey, I can do others, Kate. All I right, let's know. not go down that rabbit no, hole. No, let's not. But because, um, yeah, the, as the listeners know. But um, uh, I believe you. Um, and also what I liked about that is when you're going, oh, I've got a lesson. Um, it's, it's here. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's in a partner school. I'll, I'll just, all right, I'll just teach it here. <laughs> I enjoyed that. I'm sure you've been there. Yes, I have. Well, that was great. Is that was that us trying to wrap up the podcast? That is us trying to wrap up the podcast. Kate Billington, thank you very much for coming back onto Luke's English Podcast. Thank you, Luke Thompson, for inviting me. And thank you so much for the cake, which I um, did not savour as much as I should have done. But there are yeah, but there are more. There are others. You've left others downstairs. I have. I, I will to leave them here. I will eat another one and I will savour every mouthful. I should hope so. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And happy new Chinese new lunar year. Oh, should we say it in Chinese? Go on, head, please. Xin yan kuai le. Xin yan kuai le. Pretty good. Xin yan kuai le. Pretty good, pretty good. And then Korean, do you remember? I don't remember. Say he po mani padasil. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Just break it down. Well, I'm, Too hard, I'm so saying. Just, yeah, go on. Se he po mani. Se he po mani. Padaseo. Padaseo. I think I'm getting that wrong, aren't I? Come on, Koreans, tell me, tell me what's wrong. Koreans, we we never Korean hear listeners. I never hear from my Korean listeners enough. Hello, hello, people of Korea. We just had a, an, a we just tried to speak your language, and mm. we probably got it all wrong. And probably what you want to say to us now is hangu mai hajima. Which means don't speak Korean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. See you soon. See you soon. So that was Kate Billington again, appearing for the second time. Thanks again to Kate for appearing in this episode. Um, she is on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow her on Instagram, it's um, at Cake 
underscore by underscore cake. Hold on a minute. <laughs> let me let me say that again. So she's on Instagram, right? And if you want to find her on Instagram, her what do you, what do you call it? Her handle is uh, cake underscore by cake. Hold on. Cake underscore by underscore cake underscore Paris. And if you're thinking, wait a minute, what's underscore? That's the the line that is, it's like a horizontal line that's low, like a low horizontal line, not the one in the middle, that's a hyphen or a dash, but the underscore goes at the bottom. So cake underscore by underscore cake underscore Paris. Okay. Uh, That's Kate on Instagram. And that's where you can see loads of pictures of the cakes that she's made. If you really want to savour them, with your eyes, at least. You can't actually reach into your screen and take the cakes. Did you know that? Yeah, the internet doesn't work like that yet. But at least you can see pictures of all those delicious cakes, and you can savour them with your eyes. Okay, so at the beginning of this, I sort of gave you a few questions to help you understand the first 15 minutes of the conversation. So let me go through those questions again and kind of clarify just to, you know, just to help you, right? So the first one was tinnitus. I explained what tinnitus is. It's that kind of high-pitched noise that you might get in your ears. So why do I think I, I have tinnitus or why do I think I might have tinnitus? So this is where we started the conversation. And I, I, I was wondering if I had tinnitus because for many years I played music in bands, um, mainly as a drummer. And, you know, when you play in a band, you spend lots of time in rehearsal rooms, practice studios, playing, you know, for hours on end. And often the volume is very high, so it's very loud noise. And also, um, when you're in a band, you do gigs in front of audiences, and they can be very loud as well. And I talked about a specific band that I used to be in. And uh, in that band, we had a well, it's complicated, but I was the drummer and uh, we had a, a guitarist, a bass guitarist, a singer. And then our keyboard player was using lots of like sampled loops and things. So loops of, of sampled drum beats and other things. And I, as a drummer, I had to try and keep in time with those um, with that backing track. And that was very hard, as you heard me explain. And so that's why I thought that I might have tinnitus, because in order to try and keep in time with the backing track, I needed to be able to hear it really clearly. And so what we used to do, the solution that we found at the end was to put a big speaker on a table next to my drum kit, and that would blast the backing track directly into my ears. And it was so loud, it would sound like white noise um, after a while. White noise is just like, and it was so loud. And anyway, I thought that maybe that, that may have given me tinnitus. But also, um, I, as, I, as I said earlier, I said, sometimes I wonder if I have tinnitus and if it was making me shout. Because obviously, if you've got tinnitus, which is like a, you know, this constant sound in your ears, you might end up shouting over the top without realising you're shouting. Um, okay, and I was thinking, was I shouting at Kate earlier? I, you know, I wasn't sure. Um, but in fact, it turns out I probably don't have tinnitus. And in fact, I was just maybe shouting because I had headphones on. And you know when someone's got headphones on when they're listening to music or something and they start shouting at you like this, don't they? Because they don't realise that they, they're you know, talking much more loudly uh, than everyone else because they've got their headphones on. So pro- probably, 
I don't have tinnitus. And I was just shouting because I was wearing headphones. Pretty simple. Okay, so that's that. Next is the word maelstrom. So a maelstrom is like a sort of a violent storm, you could say. Um, And sometimes I said my brain feels a bit like a maelstrom. Um, and just because sometimes my thoughts go flying around, it can be a little bit difficult to keep track of my own thoughts as they kind of move around quite quickly in my head. I think that's quite normal. Most of us, you know, sort of have to work fairly hard to try and keep our thoughts in order. Okay, so there you go. That's 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 that. Maelstrom. Yes, not female strom as Kate said. Ha ha ha. Very funny. <laughs> um, no, Maelstrom is spelt M-A-E-L-S-T-R-O-M. Okay. Next is the word violent. As I said, uh, we know the word violent and it's in English, it's most commonly used to refer to physical things like a, a, a violent um a violent film would involve lots of physical violence. A violent computer game would involve things like, you know, shooting and beating people up and stuff. Um, and um, a violent attack would be one that involved lots of physical harm of some kind. But um, do we use the word violence to refer to non-physical things too? Well, in English, it is possible to refer to, for example, um the way that you speak to someone, if you're particularly aggressive in the way that you, you, you're shouting or abusing someone verbally, that could be described as being violent. But it's much less common to do that. And it's far more common to use violent to refer to physical things, I think. Whereas in French, I think violent can also be used to refer to, for example, the way that you talk to someone. And I use the example of um, that, you know, that story of the student who wanted to be in my class at university and I had to be quite firm with him and tell him that it wasn't possible because he, I had no evidence that his English was good enough to be in my class and that he should be in the lower level class. But he wouldn't take no for an answer and he, you know, he kept pushing me and I had to stand my ground. I wasn't violent with him. I mean, you know, physically, I don't think I was particularly violent in the way I was talking to him. I think he was being quite rude as a matter of fact. So I instead, I just put my foot down and said, no, I'm sorry, you can't do it. You can't come into this class, blah, blah, blah. And so he said, why are you being so violent? And it just sort of struck me. He said it in French, but it kind of surprised me. And I was like, I'm not being violent. <laughs> I could be violent if you want. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, next, we talked about friendship and getting older. And uh, well, you know, is it harder to make friends as you get older? And well, I think that was fairly clear, wasn't it? Um, Kate thought that maybe it would be harder to make friends as you get older, just because you spend less time with other people as you get older. You end up spending more time with your family. You know, if you're if you're, if you're raising children, you spend probably more time working and, and stuff. You just have less free time. You end up spending less time with people you don't know. And as a result, it might be harder to to make friends with people. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Is it true? Um, cake and eating cake. I don't think I need to go into that. I think that was explained. The reason I, I highlighted it at the start was just to kind of give you a, 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 a sort of a sense of what was going to come up in the conversation. Uh, but it, I, I can tell you it was a delicious cake. Did you describe it as a red velvet cake? Yeah, red velvet cake, which is essentially, what is it? According to 
Wikipedia, red velvet cake is traditionally a red or red-brown or crimson or scarlet-coloured chocolate cake. Kate, I think, said it's basically chocolate and vanilla, but you add some colouring to give it that dark red colour. So that's red velvet cake. Okay. Uh, Now, where was I? So next is the word grooming. Now, I chose to... Oh, gosh. Can I remember why I said grooming? Well, you heard it in the conversation, so I, I guess that you'll remember. Grooming. Grooming. So the different meanings of the word grooming. Well, you heard us talk about them. The main thing is I wanted to highlight the fact that if a person is grooming another person, it can mean that they are sort of preparing them in some way, so that they can then exploit them or take advantage of them. Um, and it, we get into slightly problematic, you know, it's a fairly problematic topic area. It's not very nice, not a very nice thing to talk about. But um, you get things like grooming on the internet, where someone might be targeting a person. Yeah, okay, I'm just going to read out the di- the definition from the Oxford Learners Dictionary. Uh, just because they've put it in a fairly clear way, and it'll, I'll just do that. Okay, so the, their first definition of grooming is the things that you do to keep your ha- clothes and hair clean and neat, or to keep an animal's fur or hair clean. So you can imagine brushing the hair of a dog, or maybe if, if you've got a beard, you would need to groom it by brushing it, trimming it, maybe putting some some like beard oil on it or whatever. That's grooming. Male grooming, this is shaving, and, you know, the things you do to keep yourself looking nice. Groom your hair, grooming your beard, and things like that. Personal grooming. We talk about grooming products, which would be razors and and um, hair care products, hair brushes, and so on. Um, okay, you before you enter a dog in a competition, you would make sure that the dog is really well groomed, so it looks beautiful. That's the first definition. No problem there. The second definition is the... You know, the the one that's not very nice. And this is uh, the process in which an adult develops a friendship with a child, particularly through the internet, with the intention of having an illegal uh, relationship with them. You can see that's not a very nice thing. Okay, so I chose to use the word grooming, but I didn't think it through. I think maybe I chose the comedian part of me. My comedian brain chose the word grooming because there is some shock value to it. And sometimes shock value can be funny. But I didn't really think it through carefully. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry, everyone. I didn't mean to bring up a sensitive topic. But, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it? Okay, so that's grooming. And I thought, why did I... I was thinking, why did I say the word grooming? I'm sorry, everybody. Maybe I did it because it's just the funnier word. Um, it's not really very funny, but okay. I can't explain jokes. You know, it's like the Russian joke, isn't it? I could go on forever. Uh, but maybe Kate somehow implanted the word grooming into my head because she recommended that I listen to some episodes of a podcast, a really great podcast, which is called The Guilty Feminist. It's a podcast that Amber has been trying to persuade me to listen to uh, for ages. Amber is constantly trying to get me to listen to podcasts and and um, with limited success. But uh, this time it was actually... A condition of Kate being on the podcast again. She said, I'll come on if you listen to these episodes of The Guilty Feminist. And so I did, and they're very good. But anyway, grooming was one of the words in one of the episodes. And so maybe that's why the, the word was in my head as well. Okay. 
Next, we have uh, Darren Brown. I mentioned Darren Brown. How does he implant words and images into people's heads as part of his magic shows? And I talked about the process of of how he maybe um, subtly um, leaves pictures um, in the studio or says little words um, as he's talking to the person he's hypnotising. And these are subtle ways in which he gets the words into people's heads. You can actually see a video on the page for this episode on my website. And it's a video of Darren Brown doing this exact thing, putting words into people's heads or putting images into people's heads as part of a sort of hypnosis um, magic trick kind of thing. Okay, so you can check the video. It's very interesting. Um, All right, but that's it for the questions that I had at the beginning. There are a couple of other things I'd like to clarify as well. So let's say about two, about two other words I just thought I should clarify as well. So the first one is uh, the verb to flatter someone and also the noun flattery. Okay, so to flatter someone or you're flattering me or, or you know, a flattery will get you nowhere. Uh, so that's to flatter and flattery. F-L-A-T-T-E-R. That's the verb. Flatter, flattered, flattered. It's a regular verb. And flattery is the noun. F-L-A-T-T-E-R-Y. So the verb and the noun tend to be used in a negative way. They tend to have a negative sense, kind of. As Kate said, um, saying nice things because you want something from someone. Okay. Um Okay, so for example, if I said, oh, Kate, your cakes are so delicious and tasty. Oh, they are really wonderful. They just make life worth living. Mm, It would be wonderful if you could bring some more tomorrow. You see, so I'm telling Kate, oh, your cakes are amazing. You're you're an amazing uh, cake maker, Kate, which can be quite a difficult thing to say. You're an amazing cake maker, cake maker, Kate. Kate. Um, You're an amazing cake maker, Kate. Can you say that, listeners? So that would be an example of flattery, because I just want her to bring more cake. And Kate might say, oh, such flattery will get you nowhere, which is a fairly common phrase. And this means your attempt to say nice things about me will not persuade me to make more cake for you. Such flattery will get you nowhere, Luke. Although knowing Kate, she would probably bring more cake anyway. Okay, so that's something that Kate might say, you know, or, you know, such flattery will get you nowhere. Or, oh, you're just trying to flatter me now, aren't you? Okay, so that you can see that that's got a slightly negative sense in that it's like saying something that's not fully sincere. Although in the case of Kate's cakes, it is quite sincere, isn't it? Oh, anyway, it's like saying to your, 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 if you're a child and you say this to your mum, oh, mum, you're so wonderful. You're such a brilliant mother. Oh, we love you so much. Everything you do is so fantastic. And the mother will be like, what do you want? You know, that's an example of flattery. Okay, but the adjective flattering, that's just the same word, but with ing on the end, flattering is a more positive word. It seems to be used in more positive situations. And we use it like this, you know, oh, thank you very much. That's very flattering. Thank you. Like, for example, if someone pays you a compliment, if, you know, for example, if someone writes to me and says, Luke, your podcast is amazing. It really is like the the best thing in the in the world. And uh, you are an incredible human being. I would say, well, that's very flattering. Thank you very much. Which is quite an appropriate thing to say when someone gives you a compliment. That's very flattering. 
Okay. Um, also, we use the word flattering to refer to clothes that someone might wear if they make the person look good. It doesn't mean that the clothes suit suit you. For example, the colour goes well with your eyes or whatever. It doesn't just mean that it suits you, but flattering means that the clothes give you a good figure. They make your body look good. They might make you look a little slimmer than you are. And then, you know, you might say, you know, those jeans are very flattering, meaning the jeans, like, give you a good figure. Okay? All right. So, oh, such flattery, you know. This is just flattery, isn't it? Are you trying to flatter me? Slightly negative. Whereas, that's very flattering, thank you. Or, um, you know, those jeans are very flattering on you, for example. Those are slightly more positive ones. Okay, fine. Next, we've got the word savour and and savoury, which I think is worth clarifying. So, to savour your food, the verb, this means to take time to really enjoy the flavour of the food. Okay, you eat it slowly to really enjoy the the taste and the flavour. For example, I should have savoured the cake that Kate made for me, but I didn't. I wolfed it down. That's right. Hum. Eat. I ate it like a wolf. I wolfed it down, whereas I should have savoured it. I should have eaten it more slowly in order to enjoy it. That's to savour your food. And then we've got savoury food. This is the one that sort of people seem to misunderstand in, in, in English or the way it's used in English. So savoury food is just food that's not sweet, like a savoury pancake uh, would be a pancake with cheese and ham on it, for example. That would be a savoury pancake, rather than a sweet pancake, which would be served with sugar, chocolate, and, and things like that. Okay, so savoury food and sweet food. Okay, right. Well, I think that'll probably do for now. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is what? How long is this? It's an, an hour and, and a half, which is a, you know ninety minutes. The 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 same period as a football game. I think if it's good enough for a football game, it's probably good enough for us, isn't it? Isn't it? What? Yeah. Okay. Well, before we go, let me just remind you that Luke's English Podcast Premium is a thing and um, you should get involved because it can really help your English. In premium episodes, I work on boosting your vocab, grammar and pronunciation with lots of listen and repeat drills. So you can listen and repeat after me and lots of other work on things like lots of Lots of vocab, lots of collocations and phrases and natural English. And it's just, you know, it cuts out a lot of the work that you would have to do. So you don't have to look up the, all the words in the dictionary and look for their their synonyms and, you know, typical collocations with them. I do most of that work for you. And you just have to kind of follow me, do my memory tests and repeat after me. And it's just a system to help push your English. Okay. Uh, and if you'd like to join in, if you'd like to become a premium lepster, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. Okay, that's where you go to find out all the information that you could possibly need, I think, about the premium content. Okay, teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info. More episodes, more free episodes will be coming soon. Hopefully with transcripts and text videos, but as I said before, it's... It, Sometimes it's pretty complicated and a bit stressful. And um, anyway, I'll do what I can. I think maybe, I don't know what happened with this episode, but there was a software update. So I updated the software and that completely changed the way it worked. And I mean, okay, I'll go in. I'll go into some technical details now very quickly. So what the software does is you, you, you record your audio 
And in the case of this episode, it was two audio files, one with me and one with Kate. Right, two audio files. You put the two audio files into the software and you ask it to transcribe those files. And it does it. It does an automatic transcription of the two files. And it kind of squashes them together and turns it into one transcription, one set of text, even though it's dealing with two audio files. And you can switch between editing the two audio files and editing the text. And when you edit the text, when you edit the text, it can also edit the audio. So, for example, if I want to cut out a sentence that I got wrong or a sentence I started again, if I want to cut that out, I delete that section of the transcript and it cuts out the audio part as well. It's pretty, pretty cool. But the thing is, because it's also automatically transcribing the audio, sometimes it gets confused. And in theory, you're supposed to be able to just edit the script without editing the audio. And I, you know, normally would be doing that, sort of editing the the, the script and editing the audio separately. You see, it's complicated. But what the what the software was doing is I was editing the script and then the software was like automatically correcting it back to the version it had done before. And so I was kind of like editing it and then it would go ping and go back. And all the corrections I'd done got reversed. And there was there's no way of, of switching that off. And so I was trying to find ways of fooling the, the software into not doing that, but then it would do it again. And you know, it took me it took me like well, something like two weeks of working on this, and I only got up to about halfway through the episode, and I just I was really losing it. I was getting so frustrated. It was taking so much time. And I was thinking, this, I'm sorry, this is not worth it. And uh, if I keep doing this, I am going to, you know, I'm going to kind of throw my computer out of the window or jump up and down and injure myself or something. It was just too much. So I thought, I, okay, no, no transcript for this one and no text video either. But I'll try again with the next one. Maybe... Maybe it's because the software update happened while in the middle of the editing. I don't know what it was, but um, it became impossible. So I just um, abandoned it. But I'll try again with the next one. But if it gives me a headache like it gave me, you know, with this one, then I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to do it again. But it is, in a, it is a work in progress, okay? I always want to provide transcripts and text videos for you. But I think they're very useful for those of you who want to be able to, like, check things that you've heard or do other types of language practice using a transcript and so on. It's great. But as I said, it's a work in progress. So, you know, I'll see what I can do. Okay, listeners, more episodes will be coming soon, including some conversations with Wispolep runners up. They'll be arriving over the next few weeks and months and other episodes in the pipeline as usual. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast and listening all the way up to the end of the episode. And thanks again to Kate for being a great guest um, again. All right, leave your comments in the comments section and I will speak to you next time. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.